0: Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, number one seed in the AFC. How does that sound? How are we doing? It sounds a little confusing, to be honest with you.
1: Much like this game we watched against the Chargers. I, are, are the Ravens as good as... As the record, because I mean, look, not to say they didn't dominate the Chargers on Sunday, but it was a very strange, spread out domination of
0: the other team. Yeah, it was kind of a strange domination. There wasn't, there weren't too many crazy stand performances um but you know very strong overall team effort obviously yeah it was very Um, much a
1: team effort but but you see what I'm saying there TK I mean are did you come out of this game thinking oh yeah the Ravens are the number one team
0: in the AFC do you
1: feel strong with that statement because I don't don't know that I do
0: maybe not yet They're, they're getting there though a lot of pieces are starting to fit into place that we'll get into, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. So the Ravens beat the Chargers to move into the sole possession of number one in the AFC, 34 to six, kind of a surprise blowout win against uh, one of the other contenders in the AFC uh, in the Chargers. So we are going to talk offense, defense, special teams, hand out a game ball discuss our pop of the week and look forward to week seven as the Ravens get started with divisional play against the Cincinnati Bengals, a surprising Cincinnati Bengals team. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. The offense uh, for the Ravens, you see 34 points on the board here. Um, It maybe it didn't really feel like they played good enough to put up 34 points.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt. I mean, and that's, which is weird because that's not true at all. I mean, I it's guess, not, it's not true. I, I guess <laughs> some of it, some of it has to do with opponents, I guess, and how we beat the Chargers. Because let's face it, up until this particular game, the Ravens running backs have been less than stellar. Um, at least in my opinion, some people may feel differently. I did not feel that the Ravens had a real strong running game, as much as everyone loves to tout them as this massive strong running team coming into this game. I have a lot of questions. That said, all of the all three of our former all pro running backs had moments had flashes, looked pretty good, albeit against the chargers and that's where I get a little concerned because where i I shouldn't say concerned that's that's the wrong way to put it because our defense played well. we'll get to that, but it's hard for me to look at the offensive production and go. Or, or be terribly positive because while that was obviously the smart offensive choice tactically against the Chargers because they are pathetic stopping the run. The Chargers are also pathetic stopping the run. So I'm not sure, you know, we could have had Justice Hill out there, I think, leading the way and we would have dominated the Chargers. So I know that's a backhanded slap at Justin, Justin Self. But I just, you know what I'm saying? It's it's just hard for me to look at that and get real excited about beating the Chargers, considering how we beat them offensively. Defensive side is a different story. We talked about that. But I don't know. Am I I off base here? Am I being too negative?
0: yeah, I think so. If you look at the box score and just like the general the general feeling of the game and like what the box score ends up showing you is that the Ravens kind of had whatever they wanted on offense. Um, because the production was so spread out, there wasn't really one dominant performance. There's no like superstar uh, that stands out, you know. Lamar still completed over 70% of his passes. He had the touchdown throw, you know, the bad interception, you know, that's okay. But then this is like that old recipe that we had back in at the end of 2018 and, and the beginning of 2019 before Lamar, you know, really took off is a dominant run game. You approaching 200 yards on the ground. They They finished with 187. And, you know, Lamar being efficient through the air and whether that's just converting first downs or, or, you know, the intermediate passes, you know, there weren't a ton of deep balls going out in this game. And I think that was by design is because, like, yeah, we know that we can beat you in other ways. Um like I said, 187 yards on the ground. They had whatever they wanted on the ground, over 70% completions through the air. They had essentially whatever they wanted through the air too. You know, I I mentioned the interception. That was a bad mistake by Lamar and he knew it right away. The second interception off of Bateman's chest, I mean, you can't really do anything about that. But, you know, if those two passes go the other direction, then, you know, again, Lamar's over 200 yards and, you know, things look a lot better in the box score. So the way that I saw it, was a concerted effort to maintain complementary football and keep that formula for one dominating the time of possession, two, um, a, like keeping the defense fresh and keeping Justin Herbert on the sideline, and three, really not trying to do too much. So, I think I see it a little bit different than you do. I think that the Ravens. Maybe didn't look like their absolute best, uh, like the most dynamic ever. But, you know, there were a lot of bright spots. Like you said, the running backs had their moments of looking really good. Um, Lamar had some really nice plays through the air. So, yeah, I don't really see it as a negative for the offense here, even though maybe they didn't play their absolute best.
1: Well, you know, and it's not so much even that. It It's that didn't. <clears throat> it, enough from this running game that 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 I that I expect them to to be any different against a better team I guess is my point you know it was it was tactically sound everything we did it was good to see what we did I liked what we did you know we and we did it well you know but I guess I guess my point is, I, I've got to take everything we did with a massive grain of salt. I'd still expect us against a better defense to have to throw the ball most of the time, you know, to have to go back to being the the Lamar show again, you know, Lamar with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Uh, which, by the way, I don't think I brought that up yet. Should be Not the yet go for of it. our. Of our wide receiver and tight end group, from Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, and the rest of the wide receivers, Marquise, Mark, and the Funky Bunch. But anyhow,
0: look, um, I think that's pretty good.
1: You know, we'll submit I, it. Hopefully, hopefully, it's not too Chris Berman. It might be a little. It might be a little Chris Berman. But but that said, I think it's. I think it's got some good vibrations. But you know, mm-hmm. that's okay. That, that jokes aside, um. You know, I, I I guess that's what what concerns me about the running game is while we dominated, I didn't see have you know there wasn't a moment where I went yeah this guy's this guy's got it. I mean, I guess the cutback from Murray was nice. Um, you know, Freeman had Freeman's long run was nice. Um, his touchdown was nice. So, I mean, there were moments where, sure, they had some flashes. I just, I don't know. I, I, I still have concerns about the running game and whether whether we can pound it against a good team when it counts. And the fact we were able to dominate the Chargers doesn't alleviate that for me. I guess that's, that's the only point I was trying to make.
0: Yeah, sure. And I've said it for years, like, beat the teams you should beat, dominate the teams you should dominate. The Ravens should have dominated that Chargers run defense, and they did. So, you know, that's that's a good sign in itself. Um, Hasn't been as consistent in other weeks, and it's going to be another tough slog against the Bengals uh, in Week 7. But, you know, that'll be, you know, a little bit of continuity. You know, maybe that things are starting to come together a little bit. You never know. And, And, you know, Talking about the run game, we were mentioning, man, like the really unsung hero here is Mark. um, I'm sorry, Pat Ricard Uh, has been unbelievable. Like just, you know, you have you have the commentators like salivating over it like him, like the way that he plays. But like, I can't really blame them. It is unbelievable the way that he moves at his size and the way that he like. People do not shed his block. You know how, yeah. how we, we expect our linebackers to be able to shed and go make the tackle? That doesn't happen to Pat Ricard. And, uh, you know, such a great uh, quality in, in your fullback. And, uh, yeah. man, he's he been great. He's been great. You know,
1: and and look, I, I, I've always been the first one every offseason to go, God, we need to get a different fullback. And I like Ricard, but I want that, you know, offensive weapon and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I feel that way anymore because, well, while Ricard has shown some pretty hands here and there, I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that you're going you're to run the ball with. Um, man, I'll tell you what, that kid is too important and too much of a weapon as a blocker at fullback to not re sign him and keep him a Raven for as long as
0: possible. It's going to be tough cuz his his price tag's going up just like Lamar's price tag is going up each week. Yeah. Um you know, Lamar had some dazzling runs again. He had that one crazy run that went for 1 yard and uh you know, that's tough to do, but he, he did it. Um Let's see. Yeah, I mean not again, not his cleanest game ever, but you know, he he did what was asked of him. Uh, yeah, maybe. and
1: let's face it, the 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 other, both interceptions were probably caused by Bateman. You know, the first one was caused because he was trying to force it to Bateman, I think, to get him his first NFL catch. And then uh, the second one, as we talked about, kind of went off Bateman's chest, and then the defender caught it. So, unfortunately, as good of a debut and a lot of respect as Rashad Bateman had, he also inadvertently caused
0: two interceptions for uh, Lamar. <laughs> yeah, that second one was tough. Uh, the first one, he—I mean, Bateman was wide open. I think Lamar just missed it. But uh, yeah, let's
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Quick. I mean, it was—it was definitely. I think you know he just missed the linebacker in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know? But uh, but yeah, I mean, and 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 we gotta say though too, I mean, great debut for Bateman. I mean, he yeah. basically yeah, stepped let's, in. Let's... We didn't miss Watkins being out at all. I mean, he basically stepped right in as we as we kind of joked about last week. You know, the veteran savvy of Sammy Watkins to get hurt just as Rashad Bateman is ready to come back. Well, <laughs> that that. That actually, that actually is somewhat true because Bateman really stepped in and was Bay, was Sammy Watkins. What we've seen from Sammy Watkins, the la, the the really nice veteran receiver play that we've gotten from Sammy Watkins these first you know, the first quarter of the season, we got from
0: Shot Bateman. Yeah, I you know it, it's it's a little bit surprising to me how much he played, um, and I think that's. A, a, Good sign for his health and the confidence that the coaching staff has in him. Uh, He ended up playing 45 snaps, and I'm not sure that uh, that was initially intended. Uh, Each one of his catches went for a first down, which is exactly that Sammy Watkins role that you're talking about. His run after the catch on a short reception um, was really nice, uh, you know, the spin and, and diving forward for the first down one of the plays that I was really impressed by, by both him and Lamar uh, was a very short completion. I think it went for four yards, but it was the recognition of off coverage in a third and short situation in which uh, they both saw it. Bateman stuck his foot in the ground and just sat right across the, the first down marker and Lamar saw it right away too. So they kind of have that going already, I'm, I'm really happy that Lamar is is continuing to grow to recognize situations like that, to take advantage of situations like that, because if they're going to give it to you, might as well take it. You don't need, you know, 40 yards every time you just get the first down and keep moving. Um, so that recognition and that recognition on both sides uh, was was really impressive to me.
1: And that's that's a great point for all the reasons you said, but also in, in, in some respects to what I was saying earlier, to have that to already have that connection with Rashad Rashad Bateman and Lamar will help that running game prosper because you don't need to always run on mm-hmm. second and short, third and short, because you have the savvy of Rashad Bateman and the other receivers to be able to see the off coverage stop stop right at the the first down marker and get the first down and not not mess around like we used to.
0: Mhm. Absolutely. And, and let's let's move to the uh offensive line. We talked about the running backs, we got three t- three touchdowns, one from each running back. Let's talk about the offensive line real quick. An unfortunate injury to the back of Bradley Bozeman, but I thought uh Uh, Tristan Cologne came in and did a nice job, you know, not really a noticeable drop off there, uh, which is really nice because of how Bozeman has been really good so far this year. But, you know, hopefully Bozeman will be able to practice and come back and, and play against the Bengals and going forward, hopefully it's not a big deal. Um, but in, in news that came out today, we're here recording, uh, Tuesday evening, uh, Ronnie Stanley, our star all pro left tackle is going to undergo season ending surgery. He's going to be out for the rest of the year and that will be um, tough news to handle because of uh, of how, how good of a player he is and, and you know, maybe a little bit concerning about his his ankle and and his his health going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's my biggest concern at this point. I mean, I, I, you know, this with, with respect to this season, I have in a lot of ways written things off for Ronnie Stanley for a while. You know, so the fact that they have finally called it quits on the season is almost a relief in some respects because I want to see Ronnie Stale- Stanley do whatever he needs to do to get his ankle better. Um, with that said, you've also got to worry about what does this mean for the rest of his career now? Mm-hmm. He's had two seasons now, essentially. A, a season and a half. Lost from... Lost from injury. He's, he has gotten paid, thankfully, for him. He's gotten some some good guaranteed money. But... I don't know, man. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, the Ravens are going to have to go tackle in the draft next year, maybe a couple times. Maybe not in the first round, but they're going to have to start building that tackle depth again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there's a long recovery road, you know, both from this sur- this existing surgery and now the one that was announced today. And, you know, really feel for him for sure. I mean, if he had a choice, I would bet that he would choose to not be injured. But, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. So, you know, best of luck to Ronnie. Can't wait to see him back out on the field again. Um, and hopefully that'll be in time for, for the 2022 season and he can get back up to his level. Um, you know, what if what if it, it takes a move over to right tackle? You know, if, if he doesn't have that kind of uh, mobility left, you know, maybe there are some options there to you know, to explore, but, you know, one step at a time, I guess, and, and, uh, you know, wish them all the best in the procedure, but, you know, there are some other moves made on the offensive line today. A, a few pickups that have been made. Uh, we acquired uh tackle Brandon Knight from Dallas uh, on waivers. And, you know, he's started a few games uh, a few years ago and, you know, he probably enters that swing tackle conversation and we also signed James Carpenter to the practice squad. He's a guard, and uh, it just I think that's probably the extent of of the types of moves that are going to get made because of the salary cap situation and and trying to bolster the depth as much as you can and and hope that uh, Villanueva and McCary and and now with Tyree Phillips back, um, you know you can you can kind of piece together that tackle rotation as best you can.
1: Quick question for you. Do you do you, how did Phillips play at all on Sunday? Was there any kind of rotation with Ian Powers? Or was Powers no, just I the think left was, Guard I the think entire game?
0: Powers uh <clears throat> Powers played every snap at left guard, yeah. Okay.
1: Um I I was just intrigued to think, okay, well now <laughs> you know, we've we've got Cleveland on on short term IR, so does that mean <laughs> Phillips now comes off short-term IR and, and then rotates with Powers. But so, in some respects, I'm happy to see that. Um, yeah. That, that yeah. Powers Powers had that time. And he played uh, well, too. That said, I also feel like Phillips is a better guard than attack. tackle. So, um, with all that said, I don't know that we've ever really seen Phillips healthy, ever, um, truly, um, you know, as a pro. So... If he can ever get himself healthy, maybe he could really be in that swing tackle role as well,
0: yeah, for sure and and you know at least a player of his caliber, I think he can be very good it it helps getting somebody like that back, um yes, yeah I mean, the we'll depth see, we'll is see. important,
1: especially because a lot yeah. rides on the health of Villanueva and now McCcarry, big time,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, so. Yeah, it's going to continue to be a kind of adventure on the offensive line. I think they were very solid, um, fairly consistent this week against the Chargers. You know, even, you know, Joey Bosa made his plays, uh, but, you know, we're able to neutralize him enough to obviously put up 34 points and dominate. So uh, let's see, anything else to add on the offensive side, or should we flip it over to the defense who – had a terrific day overall i
1: think i think we should switch it over the defense even if we forgot anyone at this point because the the
0: defense
1: deserves
0: to be praised for a bit yeah so let's start with this because it it, it pertains to the offense and the defense um ravens 38 minutes with the ball uh that is a testament to them being able to run the ball and keep possession for a long time but it's also a testament to the defense being able to get off the field. They were awesome on third down. They were awesome on fourth down for whatever reason the Chargers kept challenging Marlon Humphrey on fourth down. I don't get it. Maybe that's why they were they were down by 28, but uh man, what what an effort by the defense. They looked like the defense we expect.
1: They they really did um just all the way around. They played really well. There there wasn't I wouldn't say there was anyone that like dominated the game, even on the defensive side of the ball, but at least on the defensive side, you could really say they truly did dominate um, the Chargers. just just could never get anything going. I mean, you've got Deshaun Elliott coming back with a making his presence known with a sack and in and inter, in an interception. Um, he had a fantastic game. Justin Houston got a sack. He had a fantastic game, and then the the the, the ma- Magic Man himself, Josh Bynes. What what I I don't understand it. There must be something that is in the water at the castle that just seems to agree with Josh Bynes that he can come and you know out of nowhere make plays over the middle. Like he's been starting all season at middle linebacker.
0: It's yeah, it's crazy. he looked like he was like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, was he did unbelievable.
1: It two seasons ago, here he is again doing it again, and thank God for him because
0: we need it. Yeah, I I mean, he was all over the place. He was shooting alleys in the run game, making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He was dropping back into coverage and and breaking up passes. Um, almost intercepting passes. Uh, he, he was all over the place. He really shored up that middle linebacker spot. Um, you know, he ended up playing 77% of the snaps and Patrick Queen down to 34% of the snaps. And, you know, some of that... Well, was, some of that was in, due
1: to injury. Yeah, that yeah, was some injury of that,
0: to yeah. but, you know, in, in his stead, Bynes was absolutely fantastic. I believe Bynes started um, over Queen and, uh, you know... That sucks uh, for Patrick, but yeah. Oh, well, they started next to each other. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I mean, Bynes is awesome. He really shored up that spot. Like I said, you know, just the discipline and and keeping the lanes, uh, you know, makes such a huge difference. You mentioned Deshaun Elliott, another guy that was all over the place, you know, rushing the quarterback. He had the interception the first of his career, which I was kind of surprised by, Um, but he was all over the place, breaking up passes. Uh, It's great to have him back. And we were talking a little bit um, before we started recording, you know, sliding him back into the lineup allows you to deploy a guy like Jimmy Smith in a role in which he'll be a little bit more successful, a little bit more useful with, which is more of that little matchup, uh, you know, man to man cover guy uh, against some of these tough targets tough, bigger targets. So, you know, getting Elliot back, allows him, allows Jimmy Smith to do that. It allows, you know, Brandon Stevens to be used as more of like a chess piece guy. So, I mean, he makes a huge difference. I mean, Marlon Humphrey got back to being Marlon Humphrey. You know, we, we'd seen some struggles earlier on. Um, Averitt was solid again. You know, he had a nice bounce back game. You know, almost every person on the defense, you had, had a really, really nice day.
1: They really did. I mean, across the board, I mean, it's sort of weird. You you kind of go through and you're trying to look at the standouts. And look, obviously, as we, as we mentioned, you know, Deshaun Elliott and and Josh Bynes had fantastic days, but I mean, just really all across the board, it was just a nice domination. We generally tackled well, which was nice to see, Um, you know, Chuck Clark had another nice game. I mean, he just, that's sort of redundant at this point to say that, but Mm -hmm. You know, it it's it really our defensive backfield is really cool. I mean, Tavon Young, it, it continues to be healthy and playing well, and you know, all across the board with the um, the defensive backs. I mean, it's it's just it, it's a nice spiral. I mean, the fact that we don't have Marcus Peters makes you just go, ah, man. If we had if we had Peters, no one would ever be able to complete a pass against us. Um, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, It's it's been a nice development after several games where there were a lot of points scored. We expected the Ravens to, you know, give up a ton of points to the Chargers. You know, especially, you know, it it just didn't, you know, you're going, thinking about how how Carson Wentz just totally shredded the Ravens. And you're thinking, God, Herbert's going to have a field day. So the fact that he didn't and the Chargers scored six points, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's
0: something to take away from the game for sure. Yeah. And and yeah, Fields had a tough day. I mean, I'm sorry. Herbert had a tough day. I don't know why I said Fields. Herbert had a tough day. His his timing was was off. He was not on the same page with his receivers. His accuracy was not as good as we're used to. And. You know, maybe the Ravens didn't have huge, you know, rushing the passer numbers. You know, there's two sacks in there, um, you know, four QB hits. So, like, you know, they they weren't, you know, huge rushes going on. But there was enough happening to make Herbert uncomfortable. And one of the things Herbert's good at is rolling out and and making throws on the run. I think Justin Houston was awesome in limiting that, Um, you know, taking really smart, effective angles to not let herbert get outside and and really step into those throws so it was a lot of small things like that it wasn't like a ton of sacks it wasn't a ton of qb hits but it was a lot of small things that you're used to raven's defense defenses do well um that added up to make it a really hard day uh, for the chargers offense through the air through the ground they only had 26 yards on the ground something like that i mean I mean, Clays Campbell is awesome. Again, the whole unit really at all three levels, really not much to complain about.
1: No, I, I really don't have much more to add. I mean, thankfully queen appears to not be, um, you know, not be seriously hurt. So that's good. You know, otherwise I think, uh, Great job defense. Let's uh, hope they rest it up well and they're ready for the
0: Chargers on Sunday because here we go. The Bengals. Here, here
1: it comes again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They got another tough challenge coming up uh, with the Bengals for sure. Um, and, and we'll get into that a little bit. So uh, let's talk special teams real quick, because one guy that we didn't mention on the offense that has been awesome on both offense and special teams has been Devin DuVernay. Uh, what like what is the difference this year?
1: I think he's just used to the role a little bit more he's he's figuring out how to use his speed in the return yes. game a little bit more. He's not just running straight ahead he's you know figuring out where he needs to get his angles and all that stuff um you know i I think it's it's just somebody learning you know learning that position i mean it's still amazing to me that no one had ever tried him there previously, considering his both his speed and his hands despite the <laughs> the couple. Shaky moments he's had this season on a couple a couple punt returns, um. But but yeah, man, he's turning into a major weapon in the return game, and you know, it I I don't I don't want to take it away from you talking about DuVernay, but at some point we're really going to have some decisions to make with our wide receivers. Just overall, yeah, just, I mean, we're suddenly kind of deep, and you know, is that where we figure out some cap maneuverings. Not that we have any wide receivers other than maybe Watkins. Do we trade Watkins and get, you know, a an offensive tackle or something? I mean, I mean, that's total, total ridiculousness on my part, you know, but I'm just thinking about for cap purposes, it would have to be something like that
0: where it would have to be. Have that, to, yeah.
1: Yeah, it would have to be a vet that we traded. He's a guy that you know, one-year deal, everything else that goes. I mean, you get Watkins and a fourth round, two fourth rounders for a good tackle. Does that get you a good tackle? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah, Watkins, right. what, what what what's the value of Sammy Watkins to another team? I'm not sure that there would be outside of the cap purpose, but yeah, you know. You know, it'd be interesting. Yeah, it's a shame it's, it's, we you know, will it's a shame we don't have someone to call Brian McFarland. If you listen to the the, the pod, please give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about such like, But yeah, uh for
0: but anyway. Sure. The it, yeah, but you're right about the wide receiver spot because now once everybody's back, everybody kinda has their own role, right? You know, like of course Hollywood, Bateman, and Watkins. That's probably gonna be your top three, right? Yeah. But then DuVernay has found a way to be effective both on those jet sweeps and on third down, like making some big catches on third downs, you know, and mm-hmm. he's got to be active for punt returns. And then Miles Boykin had the awesome block on the Le'Veon Bell yeah. touchdown. You know, he has his own thing. He plays special teams too. And then Prochet, what do you do with them? You know, he's had his moments this far, thus far this year too. So that's, that's going to get very interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we started talking about special teams here, but getting back, I mean, it does it does directly impact uh, the wide receiver position because a couple of those guys are valuable special teamers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, man, you <laughs> so, can't say no.
1: enough about, about Devin DuVernay returning the ball, though. I mean, he has been fantastic. He's been a weapon, and I think we're going to continue to see him become more of a weapon. Yeah,
0: like... You know, continuing to get in, involved in the offense and, and of course like getting better at, at punt returns. I think it's probably just experience. It's probably learning the speed of NFL games and how to use his own speed uh, against you know, defenders and, and uh they, exactly. know, opposing special team and punt coverage teams. Figure and even on kickoffs, to he's been one right?
1: in the other way and then taking off right. in the other
0: direction. He's
1: starting to get that whole whole down, I think. But,
0: Right, so you know, seeing his growth in that manner has been really nice. You know, he's not just straight line runner. You know, he like, yeah. th- that that was kind of one of the kind of knocks on him coming out of Texas is you know he's not like the best route runner. He's not you know he's never returned punts, but he's figuring that out and he's getting a lot better at it game by game. And you know he leads the league in punt return yards and average per punt uh, return. So. You know, he's, he's been really good and, and really good at flipping the field for the Ravens.
1: No doubt. Um, hopefully that does continue. I mean, you start to think about, like, what—I what, mean, obviously we've already seen it on the field. But once he continues to get established, that the weapons of having both DuVernay and Hollywood going deep mm-hmm. is going to start really scaring teams.
0: Yeah. And even on the special teams, like think about the the impact that it has on a punter. (laughs) This is like, yeah, this guy could any time could take it back to the house. So I got to be perfect here. And, you know, when when somebody knows that they have to be absolute perfect is when mistakes happen. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, think about like, I mean, this is a really rough comparison to make. But like, think about how many guys like accidentally kicked a bad punt when Devin Hester is standing back there. Yeah. Or like, yeah, you know, you accident- or yeah. you or you accidentally kick it right to him and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't mean to do that. So, yeah, you know, you never know if if, if he continues to show up like this on film, you know, keep an eye on if punters start to try to kick it away from him and, and go a little bit shorter, maybe. And, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I, all of that, all of the above could start happening and as soon, it's just going to take one or two returns too. I mean, mm-hmm. because he's already getting to the point where obviously he's what leading the league and punt return average. I don't know. is kickoff mm-hmm. the same. I mean, he's basically the best returner right now in the NFL yeah. outside of returning, d- returning him for touchdowns. Um, so the fact that, you know, you, you get a couple of those in and suddenly Devin DuVernay is in the Pro Bowl, you know, what I mean, so he is mm-hmm. going to start making more and more of an impact. The more they keep giving him the ball. It's just inevitable. Yep.
0: yep, absolutely. Uh elsewhere on special teams, um Justin Tucker, good again, whatever, ho hum. Uh coverage units, I think, were really good overall. Yeah. Um, Brandon Stevens had a really nice tackle. That'll that's gonna end up being my Pop Louis. Sam Spoiler Cook, Ho hum, fifty three yard punt, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, flip the field. Completely. Every, yeah. Right, exactly. So yeah, uh, let's get into a game ball. Let's hand out a game ball. Who, who you got this week?
1: Oh, I've got to give it to Josh Bynes. I mean, just unbelievable effort and execution. And, you know, he, he said this week he bleeds purple, and I couldn't believe it more. You know, he and guys like McPhee, and I'm sure there's others out there, you know, Anthony Levine, and, you know, all these guys out there that, that you know, are are ravens. You know, and he is definitely one of those guys. He's gone other places, but, you know, he comes back here and, and he he turns into, you know, uh, an, uh, not necessarily a starter, but an impactful defender and special teams player and a really useful player on this team. I don't know if it's just that, you know, because Harbaugh able to, You know, he he thinks about special teams and he crafts his team so much around special teams that that helps players like Bynes because he is such a good special teams player. So he's got that added, you know, when when he's not signed to be the starter, you know, and he's your depth special teams guy. You know, it's like it's almost like they're empowered by this. Extra. I don't want to say responsibility, but maybe respect by the coaching staff when they come to Baltimore. So guys like Bynes and LJ Fort and, you know, some of these guys, McPhee, you know, who maybe aren't starter level guys, but they come to Baltimore and realize, Hey, I can come here and be respected. And, and not only are they able to then perform on special teams, that elevates their play when they actually have a chance to
0: play on the defense. You know, people forget that uh, John Harbaugh used to be a special teams coordinator.
1: It's amazing, right? It, you never yeah. talk
0: about it. They never talk about that anymore.
1: Right. It, yeah, it, never, it,
0: nobody ever brings that up. The, uh,
1: the, the little-known fact now about John Harbaugh.
0: Right. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, excellent point. Uh, my game ball is going to go to Deshaun Elliott. He was all over the place. First career interception. Uh, he had the sack as well. So Deshaun Elliott gets my game ball pop of the week. I already spoiled mine. It was Brandon Stevens on a kickoff. He just completely uh, blasted the the KJ Hill, I believe, on a kickoff. So uh, that's my pop of the week. How about yours?
1: Mine is a, mine's a little unconventional. I love Tyler Huntley's run for 12 yards at the end of the game. He didn't really pop anyone, but it was kind of a, kind of a run for the backup quarterback to do that at the end of the game. I like mm-hmm. it, and that's my
0: pop of the week. I like Huntley a lot, man, for sure. Um, so, actually, I, meant, I forgot to mention this at the top, but we have Michael Long back on the podcast for Inside the Bank. He was in the house for the beatdown of the Los Angeles Chargers, so we'll go talk to Michael Long Inside the Bank. All right. We now welcome on Michael Long for Inside the Bank. He was at the Ravens' drubbing of the Los Angeles Chargers, and uh, took in finally a comfortable game, uh, not 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 a nail biter at home. So, Mike, take us through the day. You know, tailgate to zeros on the clock. Well, what what did the day look like? And and we'll uh, we'll get into the
2: game a little bit as well. Well, we had a, a beautiful day in Baltimore. It was, like, nice, crisp fall morning. Got out to the tailgate nice and early. Uh, we had a really good time in Lot H, always fun. Um, got to the game, you know, I was anticipating just a barn burner. Uh, you know, both teams scoring a lot of points, not expecting a lot of defense. Didn't really get that, but, you know, a nice, comfortable win, nice and easy. Easy on the heart, easy on, the, on all the fans out there. A little different than, you know, the rest of the games we've been playing, which was... Definitely nice for a change. Defense showed up. It was loud. Um, everybody's loving loving the defense at home. It was a really good time. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's great. I, I, um, I'm I very interested to see, like, how people were reacting to the defense because that seemed to be the surprise of the day. I mean, it wasn't that, you know, their offense wouldn't be able to put up points. It's just the way that the defense played against a, a really high-powered offense um, was, was it like a sense of surprise or like was everybody real fired up? You know, we're back. You know, Ravens defense well, I, is
2: back. I was personally surprised. And, you know, anytime uh, going into a game like that, it's just the, the, the energy is always in the stadium. But when you get the sacks and the turnovers and the third and fourth down stops, that's when it really kind of explodes. And, you know, they had that multiple times in the first half while they're building that lead, and then we just buried them you know down the stretch so that's when it gets to be really fun when the uh, crowd gets going on third and fourth down and then they get those Mm -hmm. stops and Elliott gets the turnover and uh it was just a really good time it felt like those old kind of Ravens dominant defensive performances and you know even with those teams it doesn't happen to an offense like the Chargers so it definitely took me by surprise and people around me in my section but it was uh Definitely a pleasant surprise. It was fun to have that kind of energy back. Not that it wasn't there for the Colts game, but it's more on like the other side of the ball.
0: Yeah. So how does that how does that transition go? Where now the expectations for the offense are so high. Like, you know, when do you go to the bathroom? I mean, it used I, to be like, oh, Raven, like he's go, stay at your seat for the defense. And then, right. That's, uh, you
2: know. I think I've said this before that you know when we had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Suggs, it was it was you go you know, get concessions or go to the bathroom when the offense is on the field. And now with Lamar it's reversed. And mm-hmm. then when they start getting those stops and Herbert's up against them and you know, they as aggressive as they are, you don't really want to miss any portion of the game. So it was a little challenging. You try to pick your spots. <laughs> but uh I mean I'm not missing a single snap with Lamar, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I mean very very efficient game by him outside of the two picks, but whatever. Um Yeah, so let's see. I mean like the the people leaving early or you know staying for the party as uh, as the fourth quarter was ending
2: I think pretty good crowd sticks around for you know, majority of the game once we we're up you know almost 30 points with a couple minutes left and we're just kind of running out the clock i think people start heading out a little early but you know for mm-hmm. the most part as long as the you never know with uh, the nfl these days everybody's kind of within striking distance so um, but I'd say till the majority of the the fourth quarter, people hung around. It's just exciting watching a, a good team win, and not having to have your heart racing up down down the wire again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that that felt really good, and you know, not having to worry
0: about stuff. And uh, I did catch that they had the Omar whistle before the game, so they're not doing that just for night games. It's uh, going to seem to seem to be an every week kind of thing
2: it's so cool yeah it seems like they have the countdown clock it's right around 10 minutes before kickoff when they start to do the introductions that they fire that off it's uh mm-hmm. it's pretty cool if people have the chance to go see it it's it's pretty awesome yeah yeah And we've been talking a little bit more it'll be nice to uh for for me to
0: get down for a game and, and for a tailgate and and take that in uh, hopefully we can figure that out soon but uh yeah, uh, so you'll be back in the house uh, as the Bengals come to town. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. I, I think they're they're a little bit better than people anticipated this year. You know, big play offense. You know, we've got some veterans on defense now, so uh, may not be the typical uh, blowout that we've become accustomed to with these Lamar offenses.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to see Burrow. Didn't get a chance to obviously go last year to see him, but um, it seems like that connection with him and Chase is pretty solid and their defense mm-hmm. is improved, but we'll see how they handle you know, an AFC North matchup against a really good offense and see if their defense can kind of hang in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I think the Ravens are, are going to come out with it, but
0: uh, it'll be a good game. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, so we'll catch up with you again uh, next week to, to talk about the Bengals game and then another home game after that, I believe. So, uh, yeah, that'll be nice.
2: Yeah, good little stretch of 1 o'clock games here. It's uh, it's a lot of fun being downtown.
0: Yep, for sure. All right, Mike, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Sounds good. Go Ravens.
0: All right, thank you again to Mike, our first uh, Inside the Bank of a, of a Home day game this year. So he'll be back again for us, um, for the Bengals oh, those game. Bright,
1: the, the bright lights of the sun for those mm-hmm. 1
0: o'clock games. It's amazing can't beat it, can't beat it, especially when it's ten a m for the other team um yeah, no doubt man, yeah, for sure so let's let's look forward to week seven against a uh against a tough Cincinnati Bengals team, maybe a little bit better than uh than people Way anticipated better. so far they're four and two, they just crushed the lions who the Ravens had their struggles against, but um yeah, Joe is playing good football he's being able he's been able to get the ball to his excellent wide receiving core between rookie Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and uh, T. Higgins. Of course, they have Joe Mixon on the ground and a pretty, pretty tough defense. Top 10 in many stats uh, is the Cincinnati Bengals defense, so a pretty well-rounded team. They can do a little bit of everything, and it's going to be a challenge as, as the Ravens enter divisional play this season. Uh what are some of the things that you're looking for for the for the Ravens to do against the Bengals and maybe let's start with the Ravens offense. Well, I
1: think I think you're going to see um the Ravens revert more to the the offense we've seen more of as far as the passing game goes. I think it's going to be more passing heavy cuz we're going to have to we're going to have to keep, keep up with the Bengals. I mean, one thing that has been Fairly consistent over the years, regardless of who's on the Bengals, regardless of who's on the Ravens, the Bengals wide receivers tend to absolutely blast the Ravens. I mean, am I wrong? Am I just, I I feel like that's that's a pretty consistent theme.
0: That even yeah, like when, you said, it doesn't, doesn't really matter who it is. It just seems yeah, like the, the really Bengals will play the Ravens stuff. Right?
1: And and you know what? The the Bengals may eventually get blasted in the game, but there will be there will inevitably be points throughout the game where their wide receivers make things incredibly difficult for the Ravens, incredibly difficult. And a lot of times that has meant. The Ravens last games where you're going, how did we freaking lose to the Bengals?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's division yeah, games are go always going to play tough, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: sorry to cut you off, but like, it, no,
1: it's.
0: it's Football is always harder in the division uh, and, and the Bengals have more talent than than in years past. They're, they're sitting at four and two, just a game behind the Ravens. Um, they have Joe Burrow playing good football. They will find a way to make this a tough game, is is what I believe. They will. Um, so they, Chase you know, will have a good game. I mean, I
1: don't think – I really – no one has shut him down yet. I don't think we can look at this game and say, oh, pff, well, Marlon Humphrey's going to end that. I would love to think that, but I don't. I mean, I think – I think he's gonna have a good game. You know, honestly, Mixon concerns me.
0: He's um, been playing well
1: too. I mean, the fact that you know the Lions have a pretty good front seven, and he ran for ninety-four yards against them. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think their offense is way better than I want them to be. Um, I think it's gonna be quite the, quite the. Back and forth I know we've said that the last few weeks And it hasn't always been that way But I really think We're in for a a division Slugfest and not necessarily A slugfest like bruise them up game I think it could be a shootout
0: Yeah I'm wondering if we're going to get this week, what we expected to get out of the Chargers game. Yeah. Um, like a little bit more high scoring from both sides, uh, just because of the way that the the Bengals are able to spread the ball out. Um, you know, because, because with the Chargers, the Ravens were really able to key in on Mike Williams with Marlon Humphrey and, um, and, and, you know, they were able to try to limit Keenan Allen uh, it, with, with some just creative coverages, but, now that you have so many weapons, you like the ones that we've already mentioned and, and you know, it, with all those guys, it could be a guy like Auden Tate that gives the Ravens yeah. problems, you know, yeah. in the slot. You know, exactly. It, like, <laughs> it well, could be really it, tough. Look at Evans,
1: another backup running right. backs, ends up mm-hmm. ca- you know, I mean, Chris really Evans nice. ends up catching three passes for 49 yards and a touchdown. And that doesn't even talk about um, the fact that Mixon had five catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. I mean, so yep. the fact that they use their running backs so well in the passing game scares the crap out of me because you know what they're going to do? Run those running backs over the middle and <laughs> we're, we're not going to be able to tackle them. I mean, it's going to be, oh, man, it could be. Yeah,
0: that's so that's my concern as well is 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 mixing catching the ball, especially on like, you know, second and short, third and third and short, you know, to to convert some of these first downs Uh, because our our linebackers have had some issues doing that. So it's 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 gonna come down to what what I'm gonna have on uh, the the area that I'm gonna have on my bulletin board is gonna be you know guys in the secondary and and I was trying to pick one, but I can't really tell how they're gonna attack this game. Uh, and really, it might end up being Anthony Everett. you know, you've seen past couple weeks teams try to target him a little bit more because you know, we saw Marlon Humphrey get back to what we expect out of Marlon Humphrey. And, you know, just challenge Avery, you know, he's been playing well, but like, okay, well, keep proving it because we already know what Marlon Humphrey can do. Keep proving that Anthony Avery is who has been showing up for, you know, five out of these first six games. So whoever gets sent in that direction, um, you know, is going to get a lot of targets. So Anthony Avery is going to be on, on my bulletin board because it's going to be a bunch of guys that that come after him. You know, T Higgins has the size. Tyler Boyd is an excellent route runner, you know, particularly in the slot this year. And then, of course, Jamar Chase has been a beast, and and they're going to try to do whatever they can to get man-to-man on a And and um, I'm very interested to see how how Wink Martindale will battle that as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be, I mean, uh, again, an, a, a massive game for Jimmy Smith, too. You know, as far as the chess pieces, you can play Tavon Young, I mean, all those guys. I mean, so, yeah, it's, it's a big, mm-hmm. big, though, bulletin board game for Anthony Averett. He always seems to have the, the fans' attention. He's, he tends to be the guy on the outside, and he's the guy that gets picked on. So that's a great choice for your bulletin board. You know, I'm going for uh, a bit of an unconventional choice with our training room staff is up on the bulletin board this week because with all of the injuries that this team has had, the biggest one just finally got cemented so far with Ronnie Stanley being out for the year. There are no knees outside of Lamar more important than Villanueva's knees right now. And after that, it might be McCary's knee. So we really need to make sure we keep those guys healthy overall, not just their knee, but making sure that those two guys and the rest of our offensive line and the rest of the team, quite frankly, continues to stay or, or from this point forward, stays healthy. We just, I mean, look, injuries happen in football, but holy crap. We need we need some guys to continue to come off the IR. We need good news about Nick Boyle. We need, you know, Cleveland to get back healthy. We need some of these guys, Derek Wolf, where are you? You know, like let's let's go. We need some of these guys back so we can be a full football team and really dominate heading into the playoffs. So so they're they're up on the bulletin.
0: Yeah, and and since we're talking about the offensive line, let, let's flip it over to to the other side of the ball and and talk about the Ravens' offense versus this Bengals' defense. Like I mentioned, the Bengals' defense in the top ten in a lot of points uh, in a lot of categories statistically. You know, they do have some really good players on that side of the ball. It starts with Jesse Bates, their free safety, who's one of the best in the league. They have two the two young athletic linebackers, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither, and Logan Wilson, for whatever reason today, still had the quote that Lamar Jackson is a running back playing quarterback, and um, he still does Yeah, I think he's going to end up paying for that because. Uh, yeah, he's, he's. I was good. just he's about athletic. to like
1: talk about how much I liked him coming out of the draft. He and Akeem Davis Gator actually, I wanted both those guys. Mm-hmm. Coming yeah, the draft. But
0: he's yeah he's still saying that And maybe he's not paying attention So, uh, you know, maybe he'll I see something on film this draft. week But yeah. uh, I mean, He's just talking it yeah, we'll
1: because I, that's what people do He's uh, he's trying to He's trying to get people from the natty all, all up in arms
0: And crazy and fired up But that's that's not going to yeah. happen Yeah, well, because Lamar's it worked gonna come I'm in fired in up, and, uh, I think Lamar's going to torch him He's going to find Yeah, away. you, you got to think so you got to think so yeah. Yep. And then up front, they have uh, Sam Hubbard, who's who's always given uh, the Ravens issues. And then the big boys, uh, DJ Reader and Larry Ogunjovi, two uh, veteran guys uh, playing really good football right now, who is going to be a challenge for the offensive line for sure. So very solid uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball. They do have six takeaways this year. Um, they, they have turned the ball over eight times. So both They and the Ravens are at minus two um, in in turnover differential, which is not great. But all that being said, uh, it helps being at home for sure. And it helps having Lamar Jackson.
1: It does. No matter what we've said about any other player, as long as we have Lamar Jackson, we should be all right. And I'll be honest with you. I, I feel really good about Tyler Huntley too. I mean, I... I don't want to act like the Ravens would be complete crap. I mean, it would not be good if Lamar Jackson got hurt. Certainly, maybe we don't really even want to talk about it. But even Tyler Huntley, I mean, I really – it, it it warmed my heart to see him come in. And even though it was only a couple plays, and he really just ran the ball a couple times. But the fact that he did it effectively and they probably knew it was coming – I like that. So, I mean, all those things. But no matter what, I'm going off on the But, you know, Lamar is still on this team. He's fantastic. And damn it, he's on our team and not the other team.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and for that, I'm going to pick the Ravens. Uh, Let's see. I mean... Just the way that we're able to spread the ball around now with Bateman back, uh, you know, and, and, you know, he is already a, a weapon with some good understanding of, of what's going on. Um, Hollywood and, and Mark Andrews, I think they're going to have uh, another set of, of a big game. And, you know, I just I just get a sense that this is going to be one of those James Prochet games. Uh, another like, you know, three, four catches, a couple first downs oh. in there, maybe a nice run after the catch. Uh, you know, I just get that sense that it's going to be somebody who you don't quite expect uh, to make a huge difference in the game. But that's not my crab take of the week. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, are are you going to get into a pick here? We'll talk about our crab take of the week if you have one. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I kind of feel like you. Do. I mean, I, 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 I certainly really feel good about, um, you know, Marquis, Mark and the Funky Bunch. Um, I think they're going to perform. I think Lamar is going to come in and perform. I think he's got another situation where he's got a young quarterback coming into town, and he's not going to want that young quarterback to come in and outshine him at home um, again on the big stage, again in the division. Um, you know, it's not it's it, it's for the lead in the division. I mean, it's a really big game. So, I mean, there are a lot of reasons for Lamar to be fired up and. I think we're going to see some of the best out of Lamar on Sunday.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, he he seems to uh, play well against the Bengals in general. My crab. So take I mean, a I'm
1: going to say. Yeah. yeah go are for you going to
0: say a score, or did you say a score, you, or or? You, no, I haven't said a score yet. But you go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll do a little combo. Okay, well that's all right. If you
1: want to go ahead to your crab take, I'll let you go ahead.
0: No, crab take is going to be part of my prediction. Oh, well then I'll then I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just then. I'll go ahead and
1: say. Uh, let's see, thirty.
0: I'm gonna go a little weird. Thirty-seven
1: to thirty-two Ravens.
0: Okay. I got thirty-one twenty-seven Ravens. It's gonna be a back and forth game, and the difference will be a Devin Duvernay punt return for a touchdown. Is my crab Ooh. take of the week. I think I like he's going to finally break one after a lot of success so far. I like that. You know, quite he's a bit. he's got to he's got to yeah. hit one eventually. Um, so it'll be it'll it, this is going to be another great game. I I'm really looking forward to this one uh, in week seven here against the Bengals. Another another good team coming into town. Um, and and uh, yeah yeah I'm I, I'm very excited to see the Bengals you know live in in person because I've only watched you know replays uh up to this point but um yeah it, it, it'll be a good one and um let's see it, just random other notes uh I really enjoyed the video of uh Lamar's uh them announcing that Lamar's number is going to get retired at Louisville um I thought that was really nice that, that the way that they did that for him did you did you see that video
1: I, you know, I have not watched it yet. I I heard that he said, I'm not going to cry
0: or something like that as
1: he was watching it. Um, It had to be
0: pretty cool. Yeah, it it was really cool. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I believe it was, it's, he's like the second person in team history to get his number retired. And the first might be Johnny Unitas. It was. Yeah. Media. So I mean, it's so Lamar's think about accident, the. Unitas, yeah.
1: So think about the connection between uh, football connection now between there. I mean, the the one that was already there Between mm-hmm. Louisville and Baltimore that now is only grown stronger between with uh with now both Unitas and Lamar, and you yeah. gotta believe. I mean, are probably gonna have a statue out front of the stadium. If he I mean, keeps even this up, I mean, look, I even if he has, even if Lamar, let's say Lamar has a Gail Sayers esque career, like that gets cut short, he's still gonna be, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he was still MVP of the league. Um, he very well may have two MVPs. Um, I was he offensive rookie of the year? No, I don't think so. But either way, no. um, I just I don't know, man. I mean, maybe we wouldn't put a maybe we wouldn't put that yeah. But he already is like the best quarterback he's ever had on this team,
0: and that's he's yeah, the ball. his second second all time in passing yards in the franchise. I think he's only like twenty three thousand yards behind Joe Flacco. Um, But he's well on his way. Yeah, yeah. He's he's well on his way. Um. But yeah, anything else to add um, before we sign off? And you know
1: what? That's my crab take of the week. Is that is that uh? And maybe it's a stupid crab take, but no matter what happens in uh, Lamar's career, he's going to end up with a
0: statue outside of the stadium.
1: Even if I have to craft it myself, damn it, and put it out there, it's going to be there.
0: I'm sure you'd get a lot of support. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Well, that was our episode for this week. Uh, We'll be back after the Bengals game to recap that and then look forward to week eight. Um, For Andrew Holly, this is TK. This was Crab Takes in Football. Go Ravens.